0: having trouble staffing up? You're not alone. Our industry is facing an unprecedented labor shortage, and tech will play a central role in solving that problem. Yelp Kiosk was built in 2018 for restaurants who couldn't afford to pay a dedicated host. In 2021, Yelp Kiosk is supporting restaurants that want to do more with less. By adding Kiosk, your host is no longer trapped behind the host stand, enabling them to assist in all front-of-house operations. Learn more about how Kiosk can help your restaurant at restaurants.yelp.com forward slash kiosk. Now here we go go back to why you want to do it. Everybody has a different idea,
1: but figure out why you were happy in the first place and rework it right back to the original or like the regular basic foundation.
0: Welcome to Full Comp, a show offering insight into the hospitality industry, featuring restaurateurs, thought leaders, and innovators, served up on the house. We see headlines every day about immigration, but there's very little talk about the immigrants themselves. The story I bring you today isn't a story about overcoming adversity, it's a story about enduring adversity. T-Tran represents the best our industry has to offer. Instead of fighting for the survival of his restaurants over the last year, he's fought for his community, working with the World Central Kitchen and getting support from big names like Steph Curry. Today, we explore one's man journey to and through hospitality, and what we can all learn from his story.
1: I was about two maybe during that time when I left, so I don't remember much. But from hearing from her story, I was about two years old. My brother was at least, one of them is over 10. The other one is about 12. And so she took them, me, one of my aunties, and she just went on the boat. She took all the money she had. She paid just to get on the boat. We don't even know where we're going. And the only thing they're telling us is that Thailand is the next closest country next to us. And They're going to give us refuge because people have been going there already. So my mom just took it and she left, gave up everything. She was an entrepreneur herself. She does a lot of wholesaling. I mean, everything you can think of, she was in it. She had a great business, but she literally left it because she wanted a better life for her family and her kids. And so when we left, and this is from hearing her stories, we didn't make it to the other side, which is Thailand for about almost two weeks. And during that time frame of us going, she was explaining to me she was seeing like whales and dolphins that kinda of guide us through. But we also see a lot of dead bodies. Or she saw a lot of dead bodies. We're lucky enough that we didn't get caught by pirates. And so we finally made it to the island of Thailand. They made like a kinda of like a camp with fences all around. They kept us all the Vietnamese people inside this camp. We don't get to buy or do anything, but they gave us food, they gave us water, and we live in like a little mini community. And before they figure out where we're going to go, who's the next country's going to take us, how we are going to get transported. And so we stayed there for about a year or so. And then, of course, my mom, she figured out a way to uh, open a business <laughs> in Thailand. And she found that the most necessities that people need is food and drinks. So she went out, she bought a bunch of wholesale foods, canned goods, drinks, water. My brother, my oldest brother, which is 12 during that time, he found a place that they were selling ice. So there was no refrigerator. So every morning he wakes up like at three, four o'clock in the morning to ride his bike down the street to go buy blocks of ice and then bring it back. He chop it down and everybody chops it down and then they sell it to the people. That went on for about a year and she did her business and everything. And then end up, they called our name and they said that the buses are here. So during that time of one year in Thailand, they bused us to the Philippines, which is the next door neighbor. And same way, they put up fences. They're very gracious people or else we wouldn't be here today too. Um, but overall, it was just, you know, it's a little bit different. You can't go anywhere. Oh, that's what my mom's telling you. you can't go anywhere. You can't do anything. You live in like literally like a little small group of 5,000 people and you travel like herds. Finally, we went to the Philippines and my mom took her business there too. And the funny thing is that no matter what kind of business she did, and you see, I share about my mom a lot because she's special, you know, because even when we didn't really have anything in Thailand or even Philippines, my brothers still share these stories with me all the time that we have neighbors or we consider friends or cousins pretty much because they're all in the same neighborhood. And um, some of these people and the parents don't know how to sell or do anything and work. So then they don't have the funds. So their kids are starving. No matter... What happens if we don't have enough? My mom still literally like split the bread. Like, if there's a whole piece of bread, she splits it for me and my brothers, and the rest she gives it to her neighbors. When she cooks food, she makes sure that whoever's around gets to eat. She invites strangers over, and she always makes sure that the kids eat. If they get standing in front of their store, our little fake store that we have in front, they ask for food. My mom makes sure that she feeds them. And it just kind of like ingrained in all our heads that, you know, it's like, it doesn't really matter what you do, what you have, what you don't have. It's just take care of people. And at the end of the day, we're just all humans. It's not that easy, but somebody always has it worse than you. So just be more grateful in whatever you do. And we, we did that in the Philippines for almost another year, I believe. And then we had a sponsor in America. It was one of our long distance relatives in America. And then they sponsor us to come over to Oakland. And so we literally got on the plane. We had to pay for the plane ticket, but we didn't have enough money. So we asked the relative to help us pay first. And by the time we get over here, my mom worked and everything. And we tried to pay him back, which we did. And she did, actually. And so we flew to America in the end of, I believe it's September 1988 to SFO. I was about, yeah, almost five at that time, still a little kid. And my mom explained to me, she said, yeah, you're still calling for your grandfather? Because my grandfather used to take me every morning, six o'clock is, he put me on his shoulder and he takes me to go down to the street to get iced coffee and a bread. And then when we arrived here, he picked us up from the airport. And the funny thing is, I don't remember much in Thailand. I don't remember much in the Philippines, but somehow in the back of my head, I remember when we landed in America.
0: Let's unpack that and let's talk a bit more about who you are and how you evolved. Your entrepreneurial journey is very interesting and very much like the journey you had. There were trials, there were tribulations. I want to talk about that as well. You decided that you wanted to open a restaurant and I'm curious to know, what inspired that? Uh, it
1: goes back to mom again. We always believe that mom has the best cooking out of any restaurant that we've ever been to. We tell her that daily. The more we tell her, the more she doesn't believe us. And then we have friends that come over. They tell the same thing. She doesn't believe them. Like everybody. I mean, she doesn't believe But I felt that it's something that she does. And I told her when I was little, I said, you know what, mom? You're going to open a restaurant. You're not going to open it one day. I've told her that. But of course, she brushed me off. She didn't think it was much. And you know, I'm a kid. But as I grew up and I go through the trials and tribulations, in a way, I was very fortunate that I grew up with nothing. And one of the reasons why is because... I grew up and I get to see a lot of negative. I know it sounds kind of not right. So like, well, who want to grow up negative? I mean, of course it's not by choice, but I'm glad that I get to see the other side of it. When you see the other side, the trouble side, the people not having enough family members or not have enough food or money to put on the table and you see it yourself, you judge people differently and you end up, you don't judge people actually. You know, people are struggling. So because of that, when you grow up, hang out with those kind of people, you get to grow up quick because when you grow up in an area or around people who don't have much and just like you, everything is about food, everything is about money and how much money can you have and you can't take money from me and everything and mentalities change. And it gets me kind of like that entrepreneur mindset that you have to make money and it's not making money because we want to do it for fun. It's because we have to. And one of the reasons why we have to is because we see how hard our mom works day in, day out. And so when we see that
0: happening, we just want what's best for her.
1: And we want to do what the best we can to help support her.
0: Well, now I, I want to fast forward a bit. So you decide that you want to start a restaurant. You decide to do it with your family, using your mom's recipes, with her as an active participant in the process. You find a location, you open it, and things go well. One location becomes two. And then the pandemic hits. And this is where the story gets really interesting for me because I feel like your life is defined by this resilience, which kind of centers around self preservation. We need to have enough money to eat. We need to take care of our family. We need to take care of our community. But it's, there's this really gritty mentality that comes from succeeding because you must succeed. And then with these two businesses to sustain, you start giving away food. At the beginning, of a global pandemic. And it just seems counterintuitive. And I wanted to talk to you about that. How was that decision made? What did that look like? Because it just, again, for somebody that has worked so hard to build a business and stay in business, it seemed a bit counterintuitive.
1: Yeah, we hear that a lot, actually. A lot of people say, you, it was me I would have spent my money differently. It was me, it was me. Yes, I understand that everybody grow up differently. Everybody has their own priorities and what they're doing. But from us, how we were at here, we have to have a lot of faith in what we do. And the reason why we have a lot of faith is because we know that whatever we're doing is the right thing. And when you're doing the right thing, somebody's always watching and something better always comes along. And so what made me decide to do that is Our sales went down literally like 75% since the pandemic hit. My bills couldn't get paid. My home went on forbearance. I stopped as much bill payment as I can do. I talked to my landlords and everything. I know it was tough, but I see the positive side of this is I still have a house to go home to every night. I still have a roof over my head. Those are the main things that people need to live. And I still have food on the table. And because of that, anything else is extra for us. If we can do anything else to help another human being, another just a human being, I don't care who you are, if we can help them and we have a restaurant, why not? I know you're saying during the pandemic we are doing this, but we have a track record over for the last seven years is that we have a good amount of homeless community over here that they just come by one at a time, a couple of times. They come by a couple of times a day. They stand in front. There's a special area that they know where to stand. And we ask them what they want to eat. We make them food. No questions asked, no go away, none of that kind of stuff. Anybody walks to our front of our door, they ask for food, we give them food. And since the pandemic and since we've been doing all the food, everything, even to this day, we stop it, but people still come up and they ask us, say, right, I heard you guys are giving out food. Are you guys still doing it? Of course we are. We're more than happy to. What would you like? You like some pho today or you like some rice with beef or what do you have in mind? You want some water? You want some coke? Or What would you like? It's just taking care of another human being. And it's the right thing to do. especially all the negative that goes on in the whole world right now, people need more positive stuff. I didn't know how the outcome would be because we don't plan it, but we just had a lot of faith and I had a lot of great people around me to support my faith and my belief system.
0: Working in the restaurant industry, there's always been plenty to worry about. And over the last year, cleanliness has been front and center in our minds and in the minds of our guests. Your world-class team and world-class patrons deserve world-class protection. Microban 24 Professional kills 99% of viruses and bacteria. It doesn't just sanitize and stop. It keeps killing bacteria for 24 hours, even when the surfaces in your restaurant are touched multiple times. And the EPA has approved Microban 24 sanitizing spray is effective at killing the virus that causes COVID-19. So you can achieve your most confident clean, touch after touch. And I get it. And I get being like head down, just focusing on work, just going by the gut day by day. But you had a big surprise, man. Like Steph Curry and his wife came out of the blue and they were like, here's a check for 25,000 to support you and your efforts what did that feel like
1: the most amazing thing ever like to receive
0: a donation from
1: anybody it's already the most gracious thing that any human being can do but from the two most amazing stars in the whole world i mean steph and aisha you can't ask for more we're so thankful for everything they did and for them not to because you know there's so many thousands of restaurants that they can pick and choose from thousands all over the country, hundreds and thousands of restaurants. And for them to open their doors and help us, we were more than grateful than anything else. But we also felt that it's not ours because we've always pushed and strived to work hard. And if we have extra, we help. We don't expect donations from anybody. We never want donations from anybody. And we want to do it because we're still able to do it. That's it.
0: Yeah, but man, here's what's crazy. Like, you got a check, no strings attached, for $25,000. You are, I know for a fact, backed up on bills, backed up on rent. Like, that $25,000 could have gone a long way to writing the ship, but that's not the choice you made for the money. Will you tell people what you did choose to do with the money? Trust me, it
1: was a great lump sum. I loved it. Wow, I had presented to me. <laughs> 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 but the way I was raised and what we talked about is it goes back to mom. And it goes back to if you have a roof over your head and you have food on the table and everybody's healthy, especially during this global pandemic, everything else is extra. Because we've been here for seven years, we know our neighbors, we know who they are what their names are, what ages they are. if They have a dog, they have a kid who's currently working, currently not working. So we know what everybody's current situation is. And this has hit hard for everybody. And during that time, we felt that it's not much. It's just a bowl of soup. But we felt that we needed to do it. So on January 1st, we launched a program, which is free for anybody, anytime, any location, no questions asked. It's a very straightforward, and people thought we were lying to until they show up to the door. January 1st, the line was around the corner. (laughs) And we loved it because it's not just me getting to do it, but my whole staff that I get to hire back. I get to hire back the whole team during the whole pandemic because of all the support from my neighbors and everybody. But because I hired them all back, they get to see how lucky they are that they still have a job. And when we start giving away free fall for everybody... It gives you a different sense of humble and being grateful for having just food. The simple thing is food. So when we did that, we did not know how it turned out. It blew up. It went so big that within three days, we had like, I believe, five or 800 meals served. And we didn't have enough soup to serve ourselves. We were sold out to even selling it. The second location, like they literally ran out. We had to shut down the second location on Free Fall right away. End up within three days, I had to convert and rechange the hours. So instead of any day, any time, I had to cut back from Wednesday to Friday, and from a certain amount of time. I believe it was like from twelve to five or eleven to five or something. We did that, and the line was still full every single day. And then we tried to. We were supposed to stop within a week, and I said no, keep going. Let's just keep on going, see what we can do. And even though we stopped at five o'clock, people are still coming at six o'clock, seven o'clock, eight o'clock and still ask, we still gave it to them because that's just the right thing to do. And then ended up within like two weeks, we did 1800 meals. I think we did like 2000, but I think what we tracked was 1800 and we were depleted. We couldn't do it anymore. So we just had to stop the program right away. And the funny thing about it, everything that we're doing, we're talking, I still haven't received the money yet. <laughs> <laughs> I'm
0: sure the check is in the mail. I'm hoping the check is in no, the mail. No, don't
1: get me wrong. It's under their company and they have other people working on it and other people trying to figure out, which is you know, understandable. And I'm not going to ask for that kind of stuff because it's just we don't do it, But it's there. Mm. I know sooner or later we will have it. But overall, it was just a great experience. Because of stuff like that, I get to meet Mm -hmm. a whole bunch of great people. And I see a lot of moms, single moms with their kids. I see a lot of elders. I see even regular people that you didn't think that anything and they come over. I've seen people who carry a backpack of this guy and his girlfriend. One of the days we open at 10 o'clock or 11 o'clock, he waited in front of our door at 10 o'clock in the morning. And he asks us what time we open so we can get some free soup. We say 11 o'clock. He's okay, we'll wait at the bus stop for you. We said no. If you're here, we're going to make one for you and your girlfriend and because you get to meet those kind of people in our life, it makes you be very, very grateful on everything that you have so far and That's one of the reasons why I do it.
0: The reason I wanted to talk to you and the reason I felt that your story was so important is because there's been a ton of talk over the last several years about immigration, and it's really easy to talk about immigration broadly and blindly. And in large part, especially in the media, people like to talk about immigration without talking about immigrants, which is interesting because it makes it really easy to dehumanize the process and all of the data around it. But I found your story so compelling because, again, it's this story that's a beautiful mixture of resilience and working to achieve things at all costs, but also a humble nature and generosity. And it's this beautiful story because you see what's going on in the community with Asian hate and the advocacy around the Stop Asian Hate initiative. And I wanted to talk to you about that as well and get your opinion. I think as a immigrant, I think I can speak for a lot of immigrants who
1: came to this country. Well, what I'm thinking is that a lot of immigrants can relate to what I'm saying because We fled our country because the government didn't treat us very well, and we want to flee to a different country so that we can live a better life for not just us, but for our whole family. Everybody want to go to America. Everybody. Every country you can think of, America is like this dream, like a heaven, right? And people work so hard so they can get to America. And when we got here, don't get me wrong, we're all very grateful. Because why? America is literally one of the fewest places in the whole world that gives you an opportunity that you can be with nothing to be somebody as long as you put your mind and your effort and your hard work into it. And I feel like our story is one of the successful stories because we work hard and we get enough to do something like that. And don't get me wrong, I love America because we have all walks of life. This is what makes America beautiful. And I, maybe I was fortunate enough to live in the Bay Area, so we don't see as much as people living outside the Bay Area. But the way I'm looking at this is... I know sometimes people feel that we don't speak up or we don't know much or whatever it is, but we are just very nice people, like overall, we just don't want no trouble, and we just want to work and go home and because of a situation like that, people start to take advantage of us and they start picking on us and everything like that, which is not the right thing to do, of course, or actually for anybody, but I think the biggest thing that really got me is. When they start picking on elderly, the seniors, the grandmas, the grandfathers, and it's not just Asian only, it's just elders in general. They paved the way for all of us. I mean, we should be grateful. We should be like bowing to them. We should be like asking what can we do to help them out, for them to share their amazing stories with us and their venture. But to see that happen is very sad and depressing because I feel that through generations of being in America, some of us, we kind of lost our morals and our sympathy or even us caring about another human. And sometimes it's just stuff like that, that it's really upsetting. Sometimes I want to say a lot of things that's negative because it's just wrong in every single way. You're not, not just Asians; you're supposed to treat everybody the same way.
0: It's an industry podcast. And at the end of every episode, I like to give the guest an opportunity to speak directly to the audience. There are thousands of restaurant owners and operators listening right now. Do you have any advice or words of encouragement you'd like to share? From my own
1: experience, I know I understand exactly how tough it is for everyone out there right now. Some days you wake up in the morning and you don't know what to do. What helps me out is go back to basics. Figure out what the reason why you're doing in the first place. Go back to what excites you. Why did you work so hard and put in all that money, all that effort, and all those late nights? Go back to why you want to do it. Everybody has a different idea, but figure out why you're happy in the first place and rework it right back to the original or like the regular basic foundation. And the second thing I would recommend everybody is help another person. I know sometimes it's tough for us and everything, but there's always somebody else who has it even more worse. And if we can just help another person by giving... A little bit of produce or whatever you have, a little bit of advice, a little bit of free service, whatever it is, it just makes you feel better. It makes you a better human. And then if you can do that, that person can pass on that goodness and that positivity to the next person. And then it makes it a lot more better. And if we can all just think positive and do a little bit more positive, I promise you things will be a lot more different when you wake up every morning.
0: That's T-Tran. For more on tea and Monster Foe, visit monsterfoe.com. If you want to tell us your story, hear previous episodes, or check out our other content, go to restaurants.yelp.com forward slash comp. Thank you so much for listening to the show. You can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. While you're there, please leave us a review. A special thanks to Yelp for helping us spread the word to the whole hospitality community. I'm Josh Copel. You've been listening to Full Comp.